0: That's just, I recognize that they have a special type of uh, syncopation. It's, you know, uh, If you've been around Israel and they're singing over there, that's kind of what it sounds like. That's the type of, uh, hmm, interesting. Well, how many, I don't want you to raise your hand, but uh, I don't want to get you committed. But uh, if you own a gun, you're gonna appreciate this sermon. If you don't believe in guns, we that have guns will protect you. Guns were never the problem, and never have been the problem. I went to high school, we had guns in the back of windows of the pickup trucks. All over. And we fist fought, we fought, trust me, we, we fought each other but never thought about shooting each other. That's because Christianity had more of an influence in America back then, and we valued life. That was before abortion. What are the costs of legal abortion? I'll tell you what the cost of legal abortion is uh, these school shootings. They have no value for life, you're just a thing, and you're going to go back to being nothing. You came out as nothing, you're going back to nothing. And so, without conscience, they can walk in a classroom of five year old children. And start shooting them. I've hunted. I can tell you that's gory. Especially with the two twenty three. It's gory. There's blood everywhere, guts everywhere. It's no it's not clean. It's not nice. People are yelling, screaming, doing all kinds of things. Yet they got a no conscience. They're like a, they're like a machine. And that's what you get when you teach people evolution. You get a machine that has no conscience, that's free to kill without consequences. But a Christian based on Bible truth, they hold back on that because they think and will I do all this, I'm gonna stand before my creator and he's gonna have authority over me forever. And that's big. And so even though that was not exactly what I'm gonna preach on tonight, nevertheless I this I feel better. I read gun magazines, I like guns. I grew up with guns, I grew up hunting, I grew up with guns. I like guns. They're a good tool uh, You know, just something you grow up with or you don't, I suppose. But I read uh, gun magazines, I appreciate what they put in there. I'm a member, lifelong member of the NRA. I've also joined this new club that's out that Rand Paul is about. I like what he's doing. He started another one. I'm a member of that. And anybody that tries to... Preserve the Second Amendment, I'm their friend. If you try to preserve the First Amendment, Second Amendment, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Notice that's what's under attack. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the title of the message is Never Ever Compromise. We're gonna get the title. <clears throat> I got it from this. Can you focus up on this, cameraman? Focus up on that. Never, ever, compromise. And what it shows is it shows a 45 caliber, model number 1911, which is just the style of the gun. Made by Kimber. I want you to get that name now when you leave tonight. I'm educating you. Kimber, Kimber. And uh, they said here's where they start out their ad. First of all, it says right at the right at the top of the ad, never ever compromise. You say, where's this going? Well, this is going somewhere. Never compromise on the quality of your carry pistol. This, this weapon features beveling treatment that rounds corners, tritium, three-dot night size, stainless steel slide, small parts, checkered with, with strap, ambidextrous safety, premium aluminum, match-grade trigger, hand-checker, double-diamond, rosewood grips, and special custom shop markings. Each pistol has a lightweight frame, machined of solid bar of aluminum, the hardest and strongest aluminum available. These frames have been tested 20,000 rounds without measurable evidence of wear. Also standard are Kimber features like match-grade barrel chamber, beveled magazine, well- and high-ride beaver tail grip safety. Kimmer pistols are made in America. I love that. In state-of-the-art factory, every one of them has tolerances as much as three times higher than other brands because there is just no reason to compromise. Pistol costs if you want to buy one or $1,000. Now I'm not here to sell Kimber pistols. I'm not here to sell them. I don't own one. I own stuff a little better now. Made by Cole a long time ago. They call them snake guns for you enthusiasts out there. I read this advertisement and it hit me. It hit me. Quality and integrity are fast becoming scarce. You may remember, some of you older people remember in the 70s, the Japanese cars were junk. Please repeat that after me. Japanese cars are junk. I mean, uh, we're junk. Junk! Nobody owned a Japanese car. They were garbage. My brother worked for a place that sold them. They wouldn't last. They'd break down. It was terrible. One of our car makers went over to Japan and taught them how to make cars the right way. With precision, with durability, and reliability. How could they do that to the ones who taught them how to build cars. The cars in the 70s and 80s in America, made in America, were junk. You needed a valve job at 75,000 miles. You needed brakes at 25,000 miles. The things rattled, rolled, parts came off of them. It was horrible. We left what made us great. We quit what made us great. And in the 70s and 80s, we got sloppy. We compromised our principles. We took shortcuts. And as I said before, we got sloppy. So when I noticed this ad, I appreciated the spirit of the ad. That's what made America and our products stand out and from the rest of the world as the best products possible to make, was that we never ever compromised on the quality of our products. We made the best, sir. The machining was three times better, oftentimes, than the others. It caught my eye. There's just no reason to compromise. It worked in the auto industry. This man that went over to Japan and taught them how to do it, they were eager to learn. The Japanese were eager to learn how they could make a car that was more reliable than an American vehicle, because American vehicles opened the door for them by being sloppy and by compromising. It opened the door for the Koreans and the Japanese and everybody else to make a better car than we made. But here's what the American automaker didn't realize that once people start buying Japanese, they don't like to go back to American. The Americans caught up to the Japanese and I think have surpassed them. I've owned five pickup trucks and never went back to the dealership to get anything fixed. Put $175,000 on one, 150,000 on another one. I got one now with 90000 It's never been back to the dealer. It doesn't get better than that. My wife has a Jeep. Never been back to the dealership, 80,000 miles. But what it amounts to is we caught, we got back to what we left. What we had voluntarily left and compromised, when they started losing their business and going under, they said, we're going to have to change and get back to where we were, and they did. But what they didn't realize is now a bunch of Americans have brand loyalty to foreign vehicles. And not necessarily because they're better, just because that's the last four or five cars they've had. And they want to keep them. And They're not willing to go back and try American again. And it's part of the judgment for their decision-making. But if it works to make a quality product with Kimber, if it works to make a quality product with the Japanese, I believe it works to follow principles of the best with Christianity and not to compromise the truth of the Bible. It'll never help you to compromise the truth of the Bible. It'll never help you to cut it short, change it, diminish it. The only time you're going to prosper as a Christian is when you hold the word of God sacredly, carefully, and... Holy. Let's read some scripture. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. And we may henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Ephesians 6 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness. So he tells us that there's a possibility that you can be tossed about in the area of doctrine. And he tells us there in Ephesians chapter 6 that we're to take a very serious position, a decision you make to stand for truth. 2 Timothy 1.13 says, Hold fast the sound of, uh, the form of sound words. Hebrews 4.14 says, let us hold fast our profession. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Revelation 2.25 says, but that which ye have already heard, hold fast till I come. So I don't need to go into any more, but the Bible says what we do have, don't let it go. What happened to the auto industry is they had the winning combination of quality, concern, and care, and they made a great product. And they got sloppy, and they got arrogant, they got comfortable, they got well fed, they didn't think they would, they could lose. And then look at look at them today. I believe the same thing can happen as a Christian. We live in a day of compromise, no doubt. Truth is sold for peace. Truth is sold. To pacify, truth is sold to accommodate. Truth is sold to enlarge one's opportunities. Truth is sold for prosperity. These, most of these uh, internet preachers, most of these, many of these mega church pastors, they have sold the truth, compromised the truth, to please the people, so that they would come in large numbers, and financially bless them. Uh, Kenneth Copeland. Lately, they've been they've been uh, pulling back the uh, pulling back the covers on old uh, Kenneth Copeland. of you know Kenneth Copeland. He bought a sixty million dollar jet. Not a twenty million dollar jet. A sixty million dollar jet with I'm gonna say people of God gave money. He's compromised so he could have success, but there's only one thing that will last, and that's that is uncompromised truth. Years ago, when I was in school, and that's one of the one of the functions of school theology. School of theology, you know, school is to shake you out and help you decide who you are. Are you going to teach the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you God? Or are you going to shave the truth? You're going to compromise the truth to get a bigger crowd. You're going to compromise the truth so you don't have as much objection, so you don't have as much resistance. Because when you speak the truth, even if you speak it in love, the truth is what rubs people wrong. It's the truth, the Bible. The Bible is the problem to most people. I'll get to that in a minute. Most of you drink tea. How many drink tea in here? How many drink tea? Tea? Well, it gives you kidney stones. I want you to quit that. Dr. Bill. My neighbor drank, my neighbor's a southern boy. And uh, if you know much about a southern boy, there's sweet tea. Every time I saw that boy, he had a big old sweet tea like that. I mean, big old sweet tea. Sweet tea, sweet tea. He didn't drink water. He didn't have to because sweet tea's probably 90% water. And he drank sweet tea, sweet tea, sweet tea. I heard, I heard now a while back, Three or four years ago, he got a kidney stone. And he went to the hospital, and I called him on. I said, "Pray, Bill, Bill." He said, I've never had anything hurt that bad in my whole life. He said, I thought I was going to have to die to get better. I was rolling around on the floor begging God to kill me. He said, I passed that stone finally. And the doctor took the stone to analyze it, and it was, it was whatever's in sweet tea. He said, Bill, I don't think I can live without sweet tea, but then when it comes... Kidney Stone or sweet tea said, I don't drink sweet tea anymore. Tea's good, but if it's not fit to drink, if it's diluted too much. I, when to laid floor covering in, in South Carolina, every, everybody, you go to their house, would you, like a, would you like a tea, son? Now, they didn't say sweet, because there is no such thing as a tea that's not sweet in South Carolina. It's a Southern tradition. Tea is sweet. You Yankees drink it with no sugar. Southern people drink it with sugar as a rule. You may know a, a, a Southern person that doesn't drink it, but he probably was transplanted down here. But people were born in the South, in the real South, and Florida is not the real South. But If you were born in the real South, they drank tea, and it was sweet tea. Now, they never told me, but you're in a restaurant. You want tea, huh? If you brought your tea. It was sweet. If you want unsweetened tea, you have to say, I need unsweetened tea, and they'll look at you like you're a heretic of some kind. We don't have no unsweetened tea. What's real bad when you get that tea and you you dilute that tea, melt a bunch of ice in it, and pretty soon you get there and take it from the ooh, that's bad. Pepsi's good on ice unless you. I'm this is worth coming to church for. If I ask you to give me a Pepsi and a glass of ice, and you take the ice right out of the freezer and you put it in the glass. You bring me the Pepsi or you pour the Pepsi over that ice, you take all the fizz out of it because that real cold ice will take the fizz out of the Pepsi. So when you take that first, it's flat Pepsi. I'm not asking, but you may like flat Pepsi, but I don't even want to drink it. And I had a guy work with me, and he taught me this. He says, you take the ice, you run water over it, like shake it a little bit, drain the water out, and then you can pour the Pepsi on there. It doesn't take the fizz out of it, and it's fabulous. That's worth coming tonight. You ought to have seen what happened when I told my wife to do that. What? I said, yeah, I want you to run a little water over that ice and, you know, shake it up a little bit, run it off, and then pour the Pepsi in there. I mean, you know, I was lucky to get the Pepsi. <laughs> Almost nobody likes bland or diluted things, and neither does God. I have a dilemma. I want peace. I want to pacify people's anger. I want to be accommodating. I want to enlarge my opportunities. I want to be prosperous. I want to get along with people. But God wants me to obey Him over all those personal desires. And He wants me to put His Word first even as if even though it may be at odds with the people around me and the world around me. Let me read you some verses along that line. John 15, 18 says, If the world hate you, You know that it hated me before it hated you. Now, I just lately, lately, Satan does not like to come out in the open. He does his best work when he's when he's pretending he's a nice guy. But lately, Satan, since Trump came in, has has had his his clothing stripped off of him, and we're getting to see his people for who they really are. They don't just dislike Christians. They hate us. See, people say, Well, I don't know anybody hates me. You're delusion. Go to the uh, Gulf Coast University and stand up and try to talk about Jesus and see what kind of reaction you get. We wanted to have McMurtry in there to, to uh, just, you know, just an open forum. It's a college, it's a place for learning. We said, Let's have a room and we'll have this professor come in, and whoever wants to come of your student body can come, and he's going to teach. Why evolution is wrong and why creation is right well you'd have thought I committed a sin of sins and heresy of heresy by the way I probably with my taxes help pay for that place and they wouldn't they said oh no 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 I said we'll have a debate no 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 you got a whole faculty why we'll one guy no 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 finally finally we put pressure on him I met a professor going door to door and I said they won't let us he said oh I'll make it happen a professor evidently has some power so he went in there and we got a room, Great Gray McMurchie, many of you may have gone there. And the man, he did a great job. The place was packed out. Got to defend creation over evolution. But right away, you could tell their spirit was not friendly. If the world hate you, and it does, you know it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Tonight I ask the question, do you believe the world hates you? If you stand for truth and will not compromise, you'll quickly find out that they don't just dislike you. They hate you. Romans chapter 2, verse 12, Be not conformed to the world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 1 John 2, 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. James' exhortation in chapter 1, verse 27. Pure religion, undefiled before God, and the Father is what? Is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Listen, if you smell like the world, act like the world, love the world, and and, and more than you do the things of God, something's deeply, deeply wrong in your spiritual walk. All of these things that I've read to you say basically the same thing, never, never compromise with the world and its thinking. God cares about our obedience way more than he cares about our personal success or our preferences. When we disobey him, we're simply telling him we know better than he knows and what we should be doing. It's an act of insubordination in some degree. It's an insult to the intelligence of God and his act of pride. We tell God he didn't know what he was doing. You know, a long time ago, I decided that God knows more about what I should do than I know about what I should do. God knows what's best for me a whole lot more than I know what's best for me. And so I'm just going to trust him. So truth, the issue here then is around the Bible. The Bible keeps us from sinning. You know that. Our brother just quoted that, Psalm 119, 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I am not sinning against Thee. The word of God will keep you away from sin. And sin will keep you away from the Word of God. The Bible's the key to not sinning. The Bible gives us a true perspective of sin. Psalm 119, verse uh, 128, Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all the things to be right, and I hate every false way. The closer you get to God, the more you despise the world. Now, we're not talking about the world. I'm not talking about the sunsets and the palm trees and the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about the philosophy of the world. Notice what they, notice as they've been smoked out lately. Notice what they think of human life. They're out there rallying. The girls are out there saying, we're going to burn the cities of the ground if you take abortion away from us. We're going to burn the cities of the ground. Glory to God, Indiana, my home state, First state in the 50, banned abortion, except for, I think, rape, incest, and something else. But but put it back to the way it was early on when I was a young man. Indiana, and now people are talking about boycotting Indiana. I already had a, a drug company say they were talking about moving out of Indiana. Go ahead and move out of Indiana. But I'm going to tell you, God's going to bless Indiana. I may sing for you, back home again in Indiana. You say why'd you move? Don't ask. What happens to Christians that fall back into the world, into the old habits, the questionable activities, and immoral and sensual behaviors and attitudes? Same thing that happened to the auto industry. You fail when you leave the principles of diligence, the principles of truth. You'll fail. They left what made them great. They compromise their principles of making a vehicle, and when a Christian compromises biblical principles and try to take shortcuts and get sloppy, they fail. I say it again, never, ever compromise God's Word. Don't don't you let no amount of pressure make you compromise God's Word. The Bible over and over again tells us to stand firm on the foundation of truth, It tells us, I told you, hold fast, that which is good. Hold fast, the form of sound words. Hold fast, our profession. Hold fast, the profession of our faith without wavering. Remember, thou hast received, heard, and hold fast. I think in some cases, we just can't trust our own personal judgment. We just got to trust God's word. Uh, I don't think we should trust the mood of the moment, the mood of the society we live in. We need to trust God. We don't need to trust something because it works. That's pragmatism. Some, some churches out there use stuff that's, that's not, not biblical because it's working for them. Well, preacher, since we started doing that, we got added all kinds of people to church. Yeah, but if it's a violation of God's Word, it'd be better to have five people in your church than to violate God's Word. Don't trust what's popular. Trust God's Word. The Compromises cry out. Let's ordain women. And we say, we're going to follow the Bible. Compromisers cry out, let's ordain homosexuals. Let's bring them in. Put our arms around them. We cry, we're going to follow the Bible. Compromising crowd says, let's bring rock and roll music in, the kind of music they're used to listening to every day. And we cry out, we're going to do what the Bible says and sing spiritual songs. The world cries out, the, the compromisers, the Christians cry out, let's dress sensually like the world. And we cry, let's dress modestly and what the Bible says. The compromisers cry out, substitute preaching for drama. And we cry out, let's follow the Bible. The compromisers cry out, let's watch filth and junk. And we cry out, let's set no wicked thing before our eyes. Compromisers cry out, let's ordain and approve of divorce and remarriage. We cry out, let's follow the Bible's instructions because we're never, ever going to compromise by the grace of God, the Word of God. It's a decision that you make. I remember making it. As a young man, I remember saying, Lord God, I don't know much, but I believe the Bible is preserved Word of God. I believe that you're creator of all that is. You know the hearts of men. There's nothing outside of your understanding. And there's a whole lot, not even in the Bible, that is about you that we don't know. And I've only got one life to live, and it's going to be over real quick. Now, here I'm 18 years old. And now I'm I'm telling you this at 70 years old. And I say, I only got one life to live, one shot through. You can't go back and redo it. How am I going to live? What am I going to trust? Who am I going to trust? am I going to trust my opinion, your opinion, their opinion or God's opinion. Who am I going to trust? You got folks, you are trusting somebody. You're trusting your opinion, their opinion, your parents' opinion, your grandma's opinion, your friend's opinion, professor's opinion. you can't help it. You've got to trust somebody on the philosophy of life. I said, I'm just going to trust God. Lord God, I'm just going to, by the grace of you, help me. I will follow this book even when it costs me dearly. I didn't understand what I was saying. How could you? I didn't realize what it was going to cost me. I didn't realize the people it was going to cost me to be separated from. I didn't realize the heartache it was going to cost me to have to see people walk away. Because we stood for the Bible. You stand for nothing, you fall for anything. I I ask you a question tonight. Have you ever made a conscious decision to stand with what the Bible says and not compromise? If you haven't, you need to. That's what it means, stand, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. It keeps using that word, stand, stand, stand. That's found in Ephesians chapter six, I believe it is ten through eighteen, and that's like taking a stake and a hammer and driving it in. You got to hit it over and over. You don't hit. Not many people in this room would hit that thing one time, drive it down. You hit it over and over. That's that truth. I'm going to stand for God. 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 And then maybe you get you get away from it. and You get a little scary. You get a little maybe. Maybe they're right. Maybe You go back and say, I'm going to stand with the Bible. I'm going to stand with the Word of God. I'm going to stand with the Word of God. It is a decision you make. Years ago, my, my wife, 18, I'm 19. We got before a justice of the peace agreement in South Carolina. He said, do you take this woman to be your uh, wife? And there was other stuff he said. And I said, I do. And since I said I do, I've had to take that stake, that I do stake, and I've had to say, I do, 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 I do for 51 years. I keep saying the same thing. I still do because the devil has done his best to tempt me off of that decision. The good decisions you make for God, the devil hears about it, he's going to throw all the fire, power of hell upon you. And soldier of the cross, if you don't put your stake down and stand, having done all to stand, stand therefore, you're going to backslide. You're going to compromise the truth. Have you ever decided to follow the truth even if it looks wrong? Even if it looks wrong? Are you getting sloppy? Are you getting careless? Be a fundamentalist. I'm not ashamed to be called a fundamentalist. A fundamentalist in heart and in practice to follow the book. I want to be able to put an ad out at the end of my life. I've never, by the grace of God, never compromised what I knew to be the Bible. If it works for this, if it works for the auto industry when they got right, how much more is it going to work for you? It'll work. Stand. Trust me, this life soon will be over. Ben Atto, he was just here last year. Last year right here. Sitting right beside her. I'm looking down there, sitting right beside her. He had no idea. He's healthy as a horse. In fact, Ben, I thought was going to die way after you. No offense, man. But Ben was slim, lean, mean, a fighting machine. It was God's time took him home. Life is over like boom. You look around, it's over. Only one life will soon be passed, only one stuff for Christ will last. Make a decision to stand with the Word of God. Look, I'm for you taking a year to do it. Examine the Word of God. Read about it. Read the apologetics of the Bible. Read the books. Read the books out there, evidence of demands a verdict. More evidence that demands a verdict. Go ahead, search it out. Look at the other holy books of the world. Look at at them, compare them to how, uh, what the prophecy they got in them. Compare everything you can, but finally come to a conclusion that this, and you will come to a conclusion if you do that, this is the very words of God given to us to survive this thing called life uncompromisedly and be a a Kimber Christian. A Kimber Christian. Be a high-quality Christian. Father, thank you tonight for your Holy Spirit. We pray that the Word of God may be quick and powerful and sharpening a two edged sword. Please come. Lord, I believe you're working in the hearts of these people. We got a number of young people here that have a lifetime, by the grace of God, a lifetime ahead of them. Now we don't know the rapture's gonna come. We don't know this world may spin out, tribulations start, but we don't know. We're supposed to, we're supposed to live like we're gonna live hundred years. Plan like you're gonna live hundred years and live like Today's your last day. So help us, Father, to trust you and not to compromise in any area. In Jesus' name we pray. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239- Nine four seven one two eight five. Thank you, and God bless.